RP3 is ready to step his game up and pick up the mic for this edition of the Rep Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, a.k.a. RP3. Welcome to the Rap Game Podcast. I am your host, RP3, better known as Raymond Parts III, depending on who you talk to. This edition of the Rap Game Podcast, we're going to tackle an issue that has been simmering here throughout Acadiana for the better part of, let's be honest, two years, maybe even longer. Attendance woes at Cajun Field for one of the best teams, not only in the Sunbelt Conference, but the entire country, the UL Raging Cajuns football team led by head coach Billy Napier, now in his second year at the helm of the program. The Cajuns have had a historic season. Ten wins for the first time ever in their program history. That includes bowl game victories. They've never won ten games in a season. They did so this year. Ten and two. They're going to be playing Appalachian State this weekend in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game for the second consecutive year. In Billy Napier's time at the helm of the Raging Cajuns, what has he done? He's won back-to-back Sunbelt Western Division Championships, played for back-to-back conference championships, went to a bowl game last year, lost that game, but now they're bound for another bowl game again this year, and they've won 10 wins for the first time ever in program history. He's also recruited the hell out of his own backyard and the state of Louisiana. They want to put a fence around the state of Louisiana. We talk so much about head coach Ed Orgeron at LSU talking about, hold that tiger, keeping guys inside the state of Louisiana for LSU. That's what Billy Napier's doing. The highest Rated recruiting classes the past two years for schools inside the state of Louisiana. LSU's one, UL is two. He's recruiting his own backyard. He's recruiting the state of Louisiana. He's changing the culture at UL. They're winning. They're winning convincingly. They're having historic seasons. They're having numerous players earn all-conference honors. Three on the first team for the All-Sunbelt honors this week. Multiple ones on second team, third team, and honorable mention. And Billy Napier himself was named Sunbelt Coach of the Year, the first time a Raging Cajuns head coach has won that award. And yet, no one gives a damn. Apparently, no one cares. No one cares. Because no one is showing up for the games. The proof is in the numbers. The numbers don't lie. And in this case, the numbers of the attendance for the Raging Cajun home games, let's be honest, they're inflated. Because when you go to those games, you look up in the stands and they tell you what the attendance numbers are. You turn to your spouse or to your brother or to your friend or whoever you might be there watching the game with. And you go, there ain't no way in hell 21,000 people showed up for this. So this is just announced attendance. This year, a historic season for the Raging Cajuns. Ten wins for the first time ever in, in school history. Playing for a conference championship. On the verge of being ranked in the top 25. 16,231 people showed up for the home opener against Liberty. 
18,183 showed up against Texas Southern. 21,012 showed up for a primetime game against a top 25-ranked Appalachian State team. Homecoming was the biggest, the largest attended game of the year. That was against Texas State, 21,063. The final two games of the year where the Raging Cajuns are riding a winning streak against Troy at perennial power, 14,262 people showed up. Even less showed up for the regular season finale with the Raging Cajuns having the opportunity of winning a historic 10th game in a season against their arch rival inside the state of Louisiana, the ULM Warhawks. It was the lowest attended game of the season. 14,227 people showed up. Only 14,227 people showed up to witness history. Why? Cajun Field has a capacity of, wait for it, 41,264. I'll say it again. 41,264, and they can't even fill up half of that for this team, for this program. And for the longest time, I was told, I was given a litany of excuses the last few years, over and over again. Well, Ray, you know, the program's gone down since Mark, you know, at the end of Mark Hudspeth's tenure. They had a couple losing seasons. They barely got bowl eligible another season. The product is just not as good as it once was. Okay, that's excuse number one. Winning back-to-back Western Division championships and playing for the conference championship back-to-back years and now winning 10 games for the first time ever would be the fix to that issue, right? That, That would be the solution. There's no more worries or having to deal with the fact that the Raging Cajuns towards the tail end of Mark Hudspeth's tenure had losing records. Two of the last three seasons, he was below 500. And the season in between there, when they went to the New Orleans Bowl for a fifth time under Mark Hudspeth, the former head coach, they were 6-6. Six and six. Barely got bowl eligible and then lost handedly to Southern Miss down in the Big Easy. So the program had tailed off with two Losing seasons in the last three years and another one where they ended the regular season 6-6 six and six and then lost the bowl game. Well, Billy Napier in his first year wins seven games, gets back to a bowl game. This year they're 10-2. and two. So they're winning. So that can't be an excuse anymore. The other one was, well, Ray, you know, we're just so discouraged and we're embarrassed by the fact that the program has become a bit of an outlaw program. Too many black eyes, too many blemishes for us to truly take pride in what's going on there at Cajun Field week in and week out. That, of course, is in reference to the multiple player arrests off the field involving the Raging Cajuns football program. That also is in reference to the NCAA stripping the team, the program, a couple of bowl victories and multiple regular season wins as well. That's also... In reference to 
the video of kids rapping an anti-Trump song in the locker room during the presidential election in 2016. Have you heard anything, anything? And now the nearly two years that Billy Napier and his staff has been in charge of the Raging Cajuns football program that suggests that it is an outlaw program, that it has an image issue, that it has a bunch of guys on there that are delinquents, a bunch of guys out there that are committing crimes when they're not playing football? I'll wait. No, there isn't. He's running a clean program. The kids are buying into the culture. The whole hashtag for the football team is culture, little c, big U-L, lowercase t-u-r-e. So that can't be the reason why you're not going to games. He's changed the culture. It's about responsibility. It's about accountability. Billy Napier and his staff have done a tremendous job of restoring that with the Raging Cajuns. So they're winning, so that's not an excuse anymore. They run the right type of program. That they're they're establishing the right type of program here in Lafayette. So that can't be an excuse. Oh, this is and then the other ones. Well, they don't make the game day experience that great. Okay. Okay. What has Dr. Brian Maggard and the rest of his staff in the athletic administration done? Overhaul, just overhaul changes to concessions. You can go to you can go to a game. You could have gone to a game this season at Cajun Field, which my wife and I did frequently as we bought season tickets this year. We got to sign up in the yard. We're supporting the Cajuns. They're the local university. Of course, I'm going to support them. I didn't go there. I'm supporting them. $2 beers, $1 hot dogs. Concession prices are family-friendly. Ticket prices were reduced as well. You could take yourself, your wife, and your kid to Cajun Field, watch a very good football team, maybe the best in Raging Cajun football history, and you could do it for essentially 20 to 25 bucks. And have a great time. Get the souvenir cup. Get cheap hot dogs. Everything like that. Cheap date night. A cheap family outing. They heard your complaints about parking. Having to have, being forced to pay for parking. I get it. Paying for parking. Sucks. I've been there. I feel you. I've had to pay 30 bucks to go to watch a Saints game down in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. A game that I was actually covering because I couldn't get a parking pass. I get it. But is 10 bucks really, really too much? Especially when ticket prices are cheap. Especially when concessions are cheap. So UL has made it far more affordable for you to come and attend games. That's another excuse you can't use anymore. So they're they're winning. They're doing it the right way without off-the-field distractions, and they've made it more affordable. And yet, barely 14,000 people can show up to ball games. I've heard other reasons as well. Some of them are valid. One of them concerns 
the personality of the head coach, Billy Napier. Coach Napier is not a dynamic speaker. Coach Napier does not have a dynamic personality. He's a little soft-spoken. He's very much all business. He's the polar opposite of the man who was in charge of this program before him, Mark Hudspeth. Hudspeth had a dynamic personality. Hudspeth was a salesman. Hudspeth would take a helicopter to go to a high school football game. He'd do commercial after commercial after commercial. Media members would call him up. He'd pick up the phone, do interview after interview after interview. He was a salesman. Part of that is HUD had a dynamic personality. Also, HUD Smith came from a lower level, Division II, where you have to not only be the head coach, but you have to be the head salesman for your program. He's naturally a more gifted, engaging type of personality, that alpha personality, so to speak. And he came up through the ranks of having to sell his program. He was already conditioned for it. And when he put himself out there front and center, it worked. The Cajuns had been bad for so long, and he was out there, and he did a great job of selling the local community, the program. And on top of that... He also won right off the bat. Right off the bat. Four straight seasons of nine wins. Four straight seasons of New Orleans Bowls. And four straight seasons of New Orleans Bowls victories. Instant success. Turned the program around. And he was a salesman to boot. And the thing about it is it became trendy here in Acadiana for folks to go support the Raging Cajuns. Because they weren't supporting them before Mark Hudspeth got there. Bustle's last year in charge was 2010. They drew 15, 17, 25,000 for Oklahoma State, and then 13,000 for Florida International. They did not draw well, and they did not draw well for years. HUD comes in, dynamic personality, and he won. Look at that first year. Nichols, 28,000. Florida Atlantic, 26,000 plus. Troy, 29,000. North Texas, 32,000. ULL Monroe, 28,000 people showed up at Cajun Field that year. And he kept it going the next year. 25, 21, 29, 29, 20, 20. 30,000 in 2013. 30,000 people showed up for a game at Cajun Field against New Mexico State. But then it tailed off. Billy is not Mark. Napier is not Hudspeth. They have two totally different personalities. Billy is all business. He came up through the coaching ranks as an assistant at a Power 5 school like Clemson and like Alabama. He didn't have to have to go out and sell his damn program. He could just focus on being a coach. And that's what he's done here at UL. And you can't knock the man for that. His job is to coach the Raging Cajuns football team. He's not a salesman. It's not his job to convince you to come out to Cajun Field to watch his team win ball games. His job is to coach the team to win games. Nowhere in Billy Napier's contract does it say that he has to cater to your personal needs of what you feel needs to be done for promoting the program. He's the freaking head coach, man. 
So let's say that's part of it. Let's say that the other excuse is, let, 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 let's say I buy into this thing with Mark Hudspeth. Okay. So maybe HUD is good for another 2,000 or so fans. That still doesn't get you to capacity. Oh, and I'd also like to point out, even as dynamic of a personality as Mark Hudspeth had, he never got a sellout crowd at Cajun Field during his tenure as the man in charge of the Raging Cajuns during the most successful period, four-year period in Raging Cajun football history. He still couldn't get a sellout crowd at Cajun Field. And this is a man who took helicopters to high school football games and who would shell anything in front of him. And it still didn't matter. So I gave you all the excuses that's been given to me. And all those excuses are proven just to be excuses. So why aren't Raging Cajuns coming out to the game? Why aren't they coming out and supporting their team? Hell, look at the two years that Billy Napier has been in charge. They have only three times in a total of six games held at Cajun Field. We are not counting the game against Mississippi State inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Even though that goes into the attendance numbers for Raging Cajuns, I'm not counting it. It was held at the Superdome, not Cajun Field. A total of 12 games have been played at Cajun Field under Billy Napier. They have exceeded the 20,000 plateau three times. That's it. That's it. The highest attended game was last year's season opener. 28,866 people showed up. You want to know why? Because it was against Grambling. If you play Grambling in Southern University, you put them on your schedule, you're going to get box office because their fans give a damn and they travel. And it leads me to my next point. The fans for Grambling and Southern, they're fans of Grambling and Southern. They ride and die for their team. They travel. They make a weekend out of a ball game. They sell out hotel rooms. They give the local economy a huge boost, a shot in the arm. Anytime Grambling and Southern comes to town and plays UL, Tulane, McNeese, Northwestern State, you name any in-state school here in the boundaries of the state of Louisiana, you look at their top-attended home games. You will see a theme. Southern and Grambling are always in the top five. Always. Because their fans travel, and their fans only care about one team, and one team only. Grambling or Southern. The most, the highest attended game in Cajun Field history. Cajun Field, which has hosted the likes of Texas A&M and Alabama. Would you like to know the number one and the number three highest attended games in Cajun Field history? Who those teams belong to? Southern. Not Alabama. Not Texas A&M. Southern. 41,357 folks showed up in 2009 for a Southern at UL game. That was under Bustle. That was before Mark Hudspeth. That's when UL was awful. Majority of those fans were Southern fans. 
41,357. That is more than the capacity of Cajun Field. Seating capacity is only 41,264. Standing room only for that game back in 2009. The third most attended game in Cajun Field history, Southern as well, back in 2014. 36,170 people showed up for that game. Texas A&M, the infamous Texas A&M win, the only win over a top 25 opponent in Raging Cajun football history back in 1996. That's second on the list. Alabama, fourth. Southern and Grambling's fans ride with Southern and Grambling's fans. And that leads me to my bigger point. The reason why Raging Cajuns can't get people into the seats at Cajun Field has nothing to do with the price of concessions. The reason why the Raging Cajuns can't get fans inside Cajun Field has nothing to do with the dynamic personality or lack of their head coach. Nor does it have anything to do with the fact that the program is ran the right way or not. Or if they're recruiting Acadiana or the state of Louisiana or not. It has to do with this one simple hard truth. And you're not going to want to hear it, but I got to tell you. Because there's no room in the hearts of college football fans here in the state of Louisiana for anyone other than LSU. That's the hard that that is that is the reality of the situation, ladies and gentlemen. You may not want to hear that. I know there's probably some of you right now, Louisiana Tech fans, Tulane Green Wave fans, UL Raging Cajun fans, McNeese State Cowboy fans, ULM Warhawk fans that are listening to this right now that's pounding the desk going, Raymond, that's bullshit. You can't say that. That's not right. The proof is in the numbers. Because the attendance woes at Cajun Field are not a UL problem. It has to do with LSU. LSU is the flagship university of this state. Everyone in this state grows up an LSU fan. Many of the people that aren't LSU fans rebel against their families who are LSU fans, and that's why they decide to go to a different university and root for another team. Oh, don't get me wrong. There are very passionate die-hard pockets of fans, legacy, families, generation after generation that ride or die for the UL Raging Cajuns. I know many of them. I am friends with a plethora of them. And they love their university. And they love their football team. And they'll do anything for them. They support them through the RCAF. They come out. They RV. They try to get other people to come as well. They promote the program. They put up their yard signs. They travel on the road to games. They will go to the bowl game, wherever that might be for UL this year, whether it's Mobile or if it's New Orleans. Or on the outside shot, Montgomery. But those people are about fourteen to 16,000 strong. And it's the same case for Tulane down in New Orleans. And it's the same case for Louisiana Tech up in Ruston. And the numbers tell you why. Look at Louisiana Tech. This is a program under Skip Holtz that is a perennial winner. Perennial bowl team. 
year after year. They win eight to nine, sometimes ten games a year up there in Ruston, home of the delicious peaches. Joe Alette Stadium has less capacity than Cajun Field, ladies and gentlemen. 28,562. That's it. Less than 30,000 folks can fit into the stadium there for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, a program that's produced multiple pro football Hall of Famers like Terry Bradshaw and Joe Dean and others. Louisiana Tech went 9-3 and this regular season. They did not draw more than 23,419 in a single game this year. Sound familiar? 23,000 for Grambling in the opener. 18-plus. 19-plus for FIU, UMass. Southern Miss, a rival, only got 23,419 fans in the seats there at Joliet Stadium in Ruston. North Texas, 22,792. On senior day, they drew 14,782 people. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's the same exact thing that's occurring right here in Acadiana, right here in Lafayette with the UL Raging Cajuns. Louisiana Tech has a good football program. They have a very good football coach. And yet they can't draw. They can't get people to show up. Go down to New Orleans. Yeoman Stadium, home of Tulane. A beautiful stadium, by the way. If you ever had the chance to go, you should. Their capacity is capped at 30,000. It's a small stadium, almost like a soccer stadium. When they built that a few years ago, and instead of having Tulane have to, poor Tulane have to play in the, the damn Superdome, to a bunch of empty rainbow-colored seats. They finally got them their own stadium. It's a beautiful facility right there on campus. It is amazing. It's intimate. It's part of the neighborhood of the university. Capacity is only 30,000. This is a team that's coming off a resurgent year last year under Willie Fritz. Won a bowl game against the Cajuns down in Orlando, right? Looks like Tulane's going back to a bowl game again this year. Tulane drew 16,000, 18,000, 21, 17, 27 for homecoming, and then 21,000. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? These are different programs in different parts of the state, New Orleans to Ruston to Lafayette. They're all part of the non-Power 5 conferences, and they all have attendance issues. And they all put together good football programs with good head coaches that do things the right way. And yet they still can't get people to show up for a football game. Yet, at each one of those schools, there are alumni. There are people that live in the community. There are people that live on that I-20 corridor up there by Ruston and Shreveport and Bossier City. There's people that live down there in New Orleans. There's people that live right here in Lafayette that would rather go and tailgate at LSU outside of Tiger Stadium and not even have a damn ticket for the ball game and go there instead of supporting their own school that they graduated from and their own school that their community is a part of. That's the harsh reality 
there's just not enough room in the hearts of the football fans here in the state of Louisiana for all the other schools. And the reason why that is, is because LSU has a monopoly on the fandom here in the state. You don't have these issues, ladies and gentlemen, in other states. You just don't. The Florida schools on the lower levels draw comparable. But there's not one team that dominates the state of Florida. Florida Gators, Florida State Seminoles, and the Miami Hurricanes battle it out for the fandom of those across the state of Florida. And they have for 40 years. There's multiple Power 5 teams that divvy up that state. There's not one team that can monopolize the entire state, even when one of those teams is really good. Even when Miami was part of their dynasty there in the 80s and to the early 90s, they still didn't dominate the state because Florida State was really good and Florida was really good. There's never been one team that dominates the entire state of Florida. The same thing happens in Georgia. There's the Georgia Bulldogs, and then there's the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They share the state. Even though Georgia Tech may be down, and there may be more Bulldog fans there in the state of Georgia, it's still two big programs there in the state. Go over to Alabama. Alabama-Auburn, same thing. Go to Mississippi. Mississippi State-Ole Miss. Go to the state of Texas, Texas A&M, Texas. You can also throw in Texas Tech and TCU. Hell, for a short time, you could throw in SMU. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Kentucky, Kentucky, Louisville. Tennessee, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. South Carolina, South Carolina and Clemson. North Carolina, hell, North Carolina has North Carolina, Duke, NC State, and Wake Forest. Yet App State still draws around twenty five to twenty seven thousand for a game, and they live in Boone, North Carolina. The problem here is that the people are bred; they're born and they're bred and they're raised in an environment of LSU, 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 LSU. I know people who have attended UL who are students at UL, and they will spend their Saturdays cheering on the Tigers, and not the Cajuns. There's no such thing as a house divided here in Acadiana. It doesn't exist. There can't be a house divided when one section of the fandom lives above the garage and the rest of the house is LSU. That's not a house divided. That's a splinter. There's no such thing as a house divided here. People struggle to give away tickets to UL games because no one wants to go. They'd rather go support LSU. They don't even go to LSU. They don't even have family members that attended LSU. Hell, they may not even have attended LSUA or LSUE or LSUS. By the way, big up to the generals of LSUA. I am a grad of LSUA. They don't care. They don't have enough room in their heart to care about the Cajuns. Just like the folks up in Ruston and the I-20 corridor don't have enough room in their heart to care for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. And just like the folks in New Orleans don't have enough room in their hearts to care for the Tulane Green Wave. You have a very passionate, small percentage of the population that rides and dies with those teams. But the majority of the state is LSU because LSU has no equal. They're not like the other states 
that have multiple Power 5 teams. LSU doesn't have an in-state rival. They don't. A real good comparable comparison would be Arkansas. This is what it is. So we can get mad and we can get furious. And UL's done a nice job this year of doing community outreach with social media, getting the former stars, star players to have people come out and plead plead for them to come out to Cajun Field, have free concerts, slash the concession prices, put a good product out on the field. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because there's just not enough room in their hearts to love another team not named Louisiana State University that does not bleed the purple and gold. The state of Louisiana bleeds the purple and gold, and the only time they don't is when they bleed the black and gold of the New Orleans Saints. They don't have room. Yes, LSU is having a possible historic season, maybe their best season ever, and that's playing a role in this as well. But even when LSU is down, the shadow that they cast across this state to Monroe, to Ruston, to Lafayette, to Lake Charles, to New Orleans, to Alexandria, and every place in between is too massive to overcome. The reality is is that this is what you're going to get. You're fortunate to get a good measuring stick. If you can draw 20,000 to 22,000 people for a game at Cajun Field, chalk it up as an immense success. I know what you're going to tell me. Well, Hudsmith was able to win, and he 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 won, and he got people to show up. But yeah, the program had been down for so long. And even Mark Hudsmith, despite being that great salesman, and despite putting together a historic run of four straight seasons of nine wins and, not, and four straight New Orleans Bowl victories, he still couldn't get you to sell out Cajun Field. That tells you everything that you need to know. And yes, viewing habits have also chipped away at attendance at college football. That is a national issue, even with Power 5 programs. Having the younger students leave early, not even showing up for games, people leaving early, not selling out for all the games. That's something that's happening even at LSU, Alabama, Texas, all these other places that have these palaces of 100,000 strong. But that's only a small sliver, a small percentage of the attendance issues. The real issue here for the likes of the Raging Cajuns, Louisiana Tech, Tulane, and others, is that this is a state that rides and dies for LSU, and they just don't have room in their heart for anyone else. Now, I want to bring on to this podcast, this edition of the Rap Game Podcast, current UL student. He is the producer extraordinaire for RP3 and Company. I want his perspective as someone who's a student currently was in charge, the editor-in-chief at the Vermilion, the school newspaper there. He's covered Raging Cajun football games for years. He now does it as well as a student and as a producer, the one and only Louis Prejean. Louis. Yeah. I want to get your reaction, your thoughts on what I just said. Oh, Ray, took you 35 minutes to get to me. But here I am <laughs> on, on the podcast. So, yeah, I am a student. At the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. I was not the editor-in-chief at the Vermillion. I was the sports editor 
at the Vermillion. My apologies. My apologies. I just want that's an apology to all the editor in chiefs that I worked under. That that was Devin and Leah. Quick shout out to them. I was not the editor in chief, not trying to step on that job. But you want my perspective on UL attendance, especially when it comes to the students. And one interesting thing that I've been hearing around campus recently is why does everyone care that I'm not going to the games? Why should I feel like I'm responsible for you guys' worry about the UL attendance? And that's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been seeing on social media, too. Why do you guys care so much if I go or, or not? I think I think that's a great point. I also think that that bleeds into the other point of the students not showing up at the bigger universities as well, right? Yeah. Alabama has had this issue. LSU, Georgia, other ones, even the coaches have kind of made mention of it. Hey, why aren't you, you know, showing up? Could it just be a simple younger generation is not that handcuffed to their local university sports teams where maybe the generation before was, where it was part of the college experience. Maybe this younger generation, they have their own experience. It doesn't have to be wrapped up with what the sports teams are doing. And you made a good point of what you come up with. I feel maybe the generation right now, not necessarily coming up with the traditions of, say, football or Louisiana and things like that. I think that they're coming up with a time where they can choose what they want to do or choose what they want to believe in or choose what they, it felt like it's not as traditional as it once was. And there's almost a pride that is in the Louisiana tradition. I'm prideful to go to Louisiana football games. I, I, I feel like I must have to do that in order to show my love for Louisiana or the community. Whereas I feel like this generation right now almost has this I'm going to just choose what I want to do. And if that is I don't want to go to the football games because I wasn't raised to maybe go to football games or care about sports or anything like that, then I have that right. Also, I hear, I mean, I hear that, you know, students don't have that nine to five job Monday through Friday. So they have to work nights and weekends. And a lot of them are working game weekends. And weekend nights. There you go. You know, so there, there's another reason. They have tuition to pay and things like that. I'm glad you brought that up. But even with all that said, and, and I've heard this too before, a lot of the older generation is like, well, the, you know, the attendance issues is because the students aren't showing up. Even if students did come, you're talking about maybe 2,000? 3,000 more? So instead of the attendance for the last Raging Cajun home game at Cajun Field being 14,000, it's what, going to be maybe 17, 17, 5? That's still not half capacity. Yeah, there's about nineteen to 20,000 students attending the university, and you can't expect all of them to care about going to you a You can't even expect game. half of them to care. Exactly. So if you keep fractioning it down, 2,000? Maybe. Does 2,000 feel like a stretch to you of students that are actually going to go every, uh, every Saturday home game? Or maybe it's a midweek game? Even it, if you do, even it, it, let, let's let's even be, even if you do, let's be optimistic. Let's say if the students real huge influx of the student activity there, Lewis, your, your fellow people there experiencing uh, on their quest for higher education there at the University of Louisiana. That's where we're all on. 
Let's say five thousand. Oh, okay. Okay. It's like a fourth. Let's say let's say five thousand of the students of the student population show starts showing up for raging Cajun games, game in and game out. You're still not at half capacity. I was about to say you're only about half capacity. Though. You're not even at half capacity. Yeah. So once again, this is not a the students have been made to, and I'm gonna be perfectly blunt here. They've been made to be the scapegoat on this. They were for a little while. People tried to make the student population at UL the scapegoat for the attendance issues. But we just proved it right there. Even if you said 5,000, which is a, a fourth yeah. of the student population, if you said 5,000 students came game in, game out, you're still not at half capacity for the final two games at Cajun Field. So what's the problem? You have older adults that aren't coming either. I know people right now that are gearing up, that are from here, that were raised here, that went to high school here, that are making road trips to Atlanta for the SEC championship game and blowing their hard-earned money, Lewis, on hotel, travel, gas, food, to go to the SEC championship game. I know that people don't like to hear that there are many factors or something. They want one definite answer right. to something. They want, they, they want it to be easy. They want it to be one thing that they can say, oh, that's the reason why that's not working, and, and that's it. But, but it's not. But this is such a nuanced conversation to have, and this is why we keep bringing it up and we keep talking about it because there are so many factors that keep being brought up. Like one that was brought up to me is I don't like parking. I don't like just going to – as soon as I'm in my seat, it's fine. But it's everything else that comes with the game day experience that I just don't like. This is such a nuanced conversation to have. There are many factors, and as much as people want one definite answer – and they want to use scapegoats to maybe feel better about themselves or feel better about where they're grouped in and they're not the problem, there's just too much going on. You mentioned some of these. You mentioned how the at-home, I mean, the at-home experience is just better. The, the at-home experience is better. People like to sit in front of their TVs. They, they have smart TVs. They have 70-inch TVs you with the sound system. You can sit and watch football all day in your underwear. You can do that, and who's right. going to pass that up? Now, now, if I showed up at Cajun Field in my underwear, there would be an issue. There would be an issue. There, there would be an issue. Yeah, I'd... unfortunately, unfortunately, no, no, no one wants to see that. I don't even but, know. But, I don't even know if that would be like. But I think but, that be like I would have an issue with that. <laughs> but I think it's worth pointing out. It is nuanced. I think you have the, the the contributing factors. The younger generation, the the fact of of that. I think Cajun Field is not in a great place. It's not right on campus either, so it's not like you can necessarily walk to it easily, right? Unless you park and commute to campus like I do. Right. So that's part of it, okay? Uh, so, but but it's nuanced. But even if you say you take, let's say the students were passionate, 5,000, add those to them. Let's say um, you, didn't, you, you take away being able to watch the game from the comfort of your home on your 70-inch flat-screen television or on your tablet. While you're going camping for the weekend, that's another what five thousand? Okay, now we got ten thousand. So I took away viewing habits. I took away the younger generation, the student population, uh, everything like that. Okay, well now now I got an extra ten thousand. I'm still not at capacity. But that's where your argument for this is LSU. That's where it is. I think we we we, we try. We spent so much time in the last year and a half, really, and not only myself. But other radio show hosts, print reporters, bloggers, everybody else, 
has expressed it, and, and people have gotten to the point where they're really frustrated, including folks at UL. They're, they have expressed their frustration on social media even. Okay, We're talking about people in positions of power. It's not one thing. Those other things are nuanced, yes. But those other things that have been that, that have fallen away, the, the, the passionate support base from the student population, the fact that people can stay at home and watch the game, those things have now taken let us look behind the curtain, so to speak. And look behind the curtain and what do you see? You see purple and gold. That's what it is. It, we, we, we can blame it on, well, the students don't care. Or we can blame it on, you can watch the game on your uh, iPhone 11. Great. We can do all that. And that's a small percentage. You're right. But the real reason why people are not showing up is because this is purple and gold country. Even though there are people that are passionate about it being vermilion and white, it is purple and gold. It is here in Acadiana. It's that way in New Orleans. It's that way in Lake Charles. It's that way in Monroe. It's that way in Ruston. It's that way in Shreveport. Just look at Cajun Field history. Look at Cajun Field history. They've had one sellout crowd, man. Like, like that's how this is. They've never drawn very well. Lewis? So why are we just now talking about this? Why, under Napier, are we just now talking about this? Because I think we got spoiled a little bit because there was a rise in attendance under HUD those first four years. Mm -hmm. But the reality is because it was the new thing in town. I also compared the Mark's Hudspeth era the first four years, and then he had the losing season, and then attendance went in the tank. Okay? Think of it like, ooh, Chick-fil-A opened up, right? Anytime a Chick-fil-A opens up, I remember living in Alexandria, they put a Chick-fil-A up there. It stopped traffic so much so that they had to redo the road. They had to redo Jackson Street construction-wise to accommodate the traffic heading into Chick-fil-A. Jeez. It was the hot spot. It was like the new club. New restaurant opens up. Everyone wants to go there, right? You want to be seen. You want to go. You want to tell people. You want to be able to have water cooler conversations about, hey, I was at uh, I was at that new restaurant. I was at uh, the new uh, Louis Prejean joint over there on 4th Street. It was awesome. New club, new bar, new restaurant, anything. You want to be part of it. Hudspeth made Cajun Field and made the Raging Cajun football program seem new. Fresh, buzzworthy. People wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to jump on that train. It was trendy to be associated with Cajun Field. It was trendy to be associated with the Raging Cajun football program. Now it's not hot and new. Even though they're winning, even though they're having their best season ever in program history, they're not hot. They're not trendy. LSU is. Yeah. They're not. I I think that's a blip. I think that's a blip on the radar, Lewis that it became trendy and hot to support the Raging Cajuns, and then it then it wasn't that way anymore. And people, the real fans, your 14 to 15, 16,000 that show up strong, and we know who they are, mm-hmm. they're going to love that program when they lose or when they win. The bandwagon fans, that's what gets you up to 25, 26, 27, 30,000. That's look, what it is. Look, so we can't expect Napier to be the guy that's going to drive the ship on bringing in attendance. He's no. not going to be the charismatic guy. He's not going to be the the salesman, like you said. So who's it going to be? 
who's going to make it trendy? I believe the university's, the athletic department, I think their media team has done a great job with videos and everything like that. Social media they've definitely They've definitely stepped Getting up. Getting anyone from Wayne Toops to Damon Mason. They definitely stepped up in whatever behind-the-scenes footage they have in the locker room, yeah. the little documentary that they put out in, in parts on Twitter and everything like that. I think they've done a great job in stepping up in that department. So is it going to be that social media team? Is it going to be them? Is it going to be Maggard? Who's it going to be? Who's going to be that guy that makes it trendy again? Who's, it, who's going to be that person that makes it trendy again? How is it going to be trendy again? Maggard discussed... Dr. Brian Maggard, as you mentioned, yes. athletic director. He discussed making Cajun Field an entertainment hub for the for Cajun Field to be used more than six times out of the year. He he says that Cajun Field is only being used six out of fifty two weeks of the year. That's correct. Think about that. If a place is only being used six weeks out of the fifty two weeks in a year. That's not keeping up and making it trendy and making it a spot that people want to go to. That because, doesn't feel because, like that. Because here's the thing. They're also at the disadvantage because they don't have the built-in mystique of, say, Tiger Stadium. Right. So they have to combat that. You have to – these are challenges it's that you have to – It's a holy place. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that to be sacrilegious. It's just – it's a, for a lot of people, for LSU fans or even college football fans, it's something special to walk into Tiger Stadium. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not an LSU fan, but when you walk into Tiger Stadium and you walk onto the field when you're going into the locker room after a game, you feel it. Like, you feel it. You can feel the energy, right? Right. You don't feel that at Cajun Field. Now, there's been talks about reducing, taking out maybe the top tier and making it more intimate. I would agree with that decision. Okay, I, I'd agree with that, too. Okay. And then you can do that and make it more like Yolman, okay, which they, they do their job – you, you have to know what you are. Because here's the thing, Lewis. You mentioned, well, how are they going to get to that point? Th- th- they would have to find someone like just a dynamic person that, that – and it's going to have to be a player. Like, you know, if a Joe Burrow came. But you wouldn't sacrifice that for Napier. If Napier is bringing you wins, would you sacrifice that? Oh, that's a good question. I – Wins are the most important thing because that's why you're playing the game. Exactly. Right? So if Napier's bringing you 10 wins, he's bringing you to the title game, he's bringing you to great bowl games. Possibly a top 25 ranking. But you're not bringing in people to attendance. Would you sacrifice that for a showman that will have, you know, a couple winning seasons but eventually tail off because you realize he's not Napier? Billy is a great coach. An excellent coach. There's a reason why his name has been floated around for the Ole Miss and Arkansas vacancies. Okay? Because he's young, he's a brilliant offensive mind, and he's an excellent recruiter. Oh, and he's from the Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban coaching trees. Okay? It's almost like he can't fail. Right? And he succeeded. And he's done everything that was asked of him. And there's nothing else he could do. I mean... Billy Napier going on a, a, a media tour or going on a tour around Acadiana to drum up support and shake hands and kiss babies and everything like that, that ain't going to work, man. And it's not going to work because they just had that sales pitch done to them 
just a few years ago by Mark Hudspeth. And if Billy does it, it's not going to be authentic because it's not going to be Billy. Coach Napier is who he is. And, look, they've done everything the right way, Lewis. And they've done good things on social media and with marketing. And they run the program the right way. And they get kids from their own backyard. And they keep kids from the state of Louisiana. And they do all. They, they, they're they checking off every single box. And yet people don't show up. And the real reason why that is, it's not the students who were tried to make were were made to be the scapegoats earlier this season. Look, and you can blame the students, and guess what? You're right. Congratulations. You're right on that one-fifteenth of the problem. Right. Right. It's a sliver of a pie. It's not It's not the reason why you're going hungry. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not that. It's not technology. We want to blame technology. Well, all these kids these days, they, they just want to watch it on their phones. I know grown men that are 45 years old that watch baseball, football, basketball on their damn phones, man. Like, it, it, they're doing it. That's the world we live in. Once again, that's just a small sliver. And the student attendance is a small sliver. Okay? The real reason is, as much as they want to try to say that this is Vermilion and white country, it's not. I have family members that have attended UL that go to LSU games that have LSU season tickets. There you go. I mean, that, that's that's it. They want their local university to do well. How many times have we had people call the program and go, well, I don't understand why it's such a big deal that I, I don't want to support the local university? See, that's kind of the students, too. Right. Uh, they're like, I don't see the big deal. Yeah, this apathy is just not a young people who are tech-savvy kind of thing. We're trying to make them the scapegoats. That's not it, and that, that's not it at all because the older people aren't going as well. I got my neighbor, Charles. Shout out to Charles. Shout out to Charles. He's my neighbor. Member of the RCAF, Raging Cajun season ticket holder, takes his RV, does the whole thing. Loves the Cajuns. Rocks the Cajuns. Talked to him yesterday. Walking the dog. Ran into him. He said he tried. He was cooking. He was out there tailgating. He had tickets. He had extra tickets. He tried to give them away to some friends of his that did their undergraduate, got their undergraduate degree at UL, and got their graduate degree at ULM. What better game to go to, right? Didn't go. They didn't go. There you go. You understand what I'm saying? But yet you'll have thousands of – people think – Let's be let me be honest here. When I go cover a game at LSU that's a hundred thousand plus capacity, I can guarantee you at least half of those people are not from Baton Rouge. They're from New Orleans, Lake Charles, Alexandria, Shreveport, and Lafayette. Because LSU is the state school. It is the flagship school. People bleed purple and gold. They don't believe the other colors. They just don't. And everyone would be better off, Lewis, and their blood pressure would be regulated and their health would be better if they just accepted that fact and stopped dwelling on the attendance because the attendance is what it is. I know it's a cliche to say that, but it is what it is. As long as LSU exists, everyone else is going to be little brother. I just kind of hate to say to people, just accept things. Um, if you don't like it, just, hey, just accept it. But I think they 
we, I wouldn't say they, but we just have to adjust our expectations. And this is something that I talked to Nick about while he was filling in for you. You were in Disney. We're still talking about that. Shout out to Orlando. Just, yeah, we're giving shout outs here. But yeah, I was talking to Nick. I was like, I think we should just adjust our expectations and then we'll be okay. Now, in a way, that's just accepting or just another way of saying just accept it. Right. So maybe tearing down that tier above Cajun film and then making it more intimate and then adjusting the expectation where, hey, maybe we can draw, best case scenario, 20,000 people or 18,000 people. 22,000. You know, and then. Now, you can also help things out by scheduling better. Okay. Absolutely. Scheduling goes. Okay. Out. Look, the conference, what... the, the, the conference they're in, does not help them. Now, if they could somehow arrange it where they could do a rotation of Grambling Southern, have them every other year, that would help their attendance woes. Their bigger numbers, their numbers for the season. Maybe getting Louisiana Tech, a Southern Miss, a McNeese State, some of those older rivalries that are really ingrained in the community, that the ones that they really care about. Also make it easier for those fan bases to come to your own home stadium. Because, look, people aren't traveling from San Marcos, Texas, to watch Texas State play UL. So you're stuck in the conference that you're stuck in. Maximize your non-conference slate with as many games as possible. You can have one of those money games, Lewis, against Alabama or A&M or Mississippi State or whoever it might be. Get that big paycheck. Hell yeah. But make your other games, do a rotation with Grambling Southern. Do a rotation with Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, McNeese State. The games that people matter and that those fan bases will come to, that'll also help fix your attendance issue. But I agree with you. Reduce the capacity of Cajun Field. Make it more intimate and schedule better and try to do that better. I just think the university wants to draw 40,000 people. and they'll Not going to happen. But they'll continue to try to draw 40,000 people. It's not going to happen, I, though. I, and I know it's not going to happen. I'm just telling you, I think that's what the university is just striving for. Because guess what? If we have that capacity, we're going to try to fill that capacity. And then we're the guys that are saying that's not going to happen. And we won't be the only people to say that's not going to happen. Look, this is forever going to be a discussion until something major happens, whether that be a coaching change to a showman and one of the you know, one of the other another school poaches away Napier. It's going to be a discussion until we have a major change happen, and that's an alteration to Cajun Field or a coaching change or something. I don't know what it is, but that feels like we're going to be talking about it until something happens. Because it's constantly going to be there, right? That, yeah, because I mean, that's that, that's the thing. Because home opener next season, sixteen thousand. And we're right back to where we are. I know this is almost a tired conversation at this point, but something new keeps being brought up. Always. Something new will always be brought up. And until... Look, I'm gonna just going to stand here. Until something happens, something major happens, forever going to be a discussion. And we're going to be talking about it. Too much, too much that goes into this. Right. To, to nail down one thing. Look, but your, I do your, agree your goal that... your, your goal should be probably twenty two thousand. I think is is a good number, and I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you why I say that. I made the comparison earlier about the state of Arkansas, right? It's that's Razorback. It's Arkansas Razorbacks and everyone else, right? Yeah, they have a team that plays there that has had an immense amount of success, has won the Sun Belt Conference before, 
a rival of UL's, and that's Arkansas State. Would you like to know how they drew this year? Would you Would you just like to know? I would how love they to drew? know. Their season opener against SMU, 22,000. 22,000. 22,000 in the season opener for a perennial program. Their game against the Raging Cajuns, which was televised, primetime, rivalry game there in Jonesboro, Arkansas, 19,176. That's where you're at. UL is Arkansas State because the Arkansas State has to deal with the same issue there. The entire state of Arkansas rolls with the Razorbacks. They believe whatever color Razorbacks are, red or some version of red or whatever it might be, red and white, okay? That's what they bleed. Not Vermillion and white. They don't have room in their hearts either for other teams. Yeah, and we're always going to bring up problems. We're always going to bring up issues when it comes to attendance, and they're all valid, by the way. But when you start to look for solutions, you have to accept they, the fact they don't match. They don't match how many problems you have because you're not going to fix everything. Right. Even if we did, even if you and I came up with a solution, Lewis, we said, "Hey, students, it's we massive. came up with a way." We gave them like, I don't know, what do the kids love? The kids love the gram, right? Let's say we, you know, gave them some type of special thing on Instagram or whatever. I, I don't know. Come up with whatever idea to get students. Well, you know, I got you. Free beer, whatever. You, you tag three friends. You like the post. There you go. You show them at the door that you tag three friends and you like the post. You get a free beer. There you go. There you Something go. Something like that. Because guess what? You now, fix that. Now you're sharing word of mouth, right? You just tag three people to draw draw more attention to that there's a game that weekend. And you get free beer. And I believe students like free beer. And students, you get in free anyway. So there you go. You tag three people. You like the post. I'm going on way too long with this example. <laughs> so no, no, but it's about. But even if we do fix that extra five thousand, even if we do fix the tablets, take everyone's tablets away or whatever it might be, and force people to come to ball games and force them to have a good time, you make a law, make a law. It's it's you know it's a future it's a future hellscape where you're forcing people to go to cage. Okay, that's still ten thousand. That's you, you understand what I'm saying. The reality is the harsh truth is. Acadiana may bleed vermilion and white. They may love the Raging Cajuns, and there's devout Raging Cajun fans here, and I love them and I respect them, and you got to give it up to them for supporting their local university. But the reality is this area and the entire state of Louisiana bleeds purple and gold. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rap Game Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next week for a new edition. Appreciate Louis Prejean, producer extraordinaire, and UL student for coming on to the podcast. Chiming in there. Thank you, brother. All the the students are going to be in my mentions. (laughs) What do you mean we don't care about football? We love football. We love LSU. That's the one with the bases, (laughs) right? Appreciate Lewis Prey, John. Appreciate you for listening. Until next time, I'm Raymond Parson III, better known as RP3, and this is the Rap Game Podcast. <laughs>